The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of freer children and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, LLC, its owners and management. Welcome in to Free Your Children, sharing truth and love about education. And here's your host, Tiffany Boyd. Hello, welcome to Free Your Children on WKOM 101.7. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and our mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children. I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians six ten through 11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring today's show. If you have storage needs and you are in the Middle Tennessee area, you can find Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com. If you would like to know more about Free Your Children, you can find me on the Free Your Children website. That's freeyourchildren.com. You can also find me on X, Telegram, Signal, Facebook. You can send me an email at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. And also, you can find me over at the Murfreesboro Pulse. That's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E dot com. I am a monthly contributor to the Borough Pulse. And you can go there and read all the articles that I have penned to date about education. If you are interested in sponsoring the Free Your Children radio show, send me an email and I will be happy to get a sponsorship packet out to you. And I do want to thank our friends of Free Your Children who help us continue to do the work that we are doing. I'm very excited. Uh, The opportunities that I have had with Free Your Children recently have been amazing. I was just recently on the Debbie Matthews show that will be airing soon. That was a fantastic interview. I hope you'll check that out. I am scheduled to make appearances on the Show Me Homeschool podcast, and I was also recently contacted by WDEB 103.9 FM radio, and hopefully you will be able to hear that interview soon as well. Recently, just a couple of nights ago, we were at Moms for Liberty in Williamson County, and we there we held an abbreviated seminar, and it went well. The attendees were very engaged, very hospitable. They asked some really great questions, and I'm thankful to have had that opportunity. If you are interested in hosting a Free Your Children seminar in your area, please reach out to me, and I can send you some information about how we can make that happen. Today's show is going to be focusing on the experience that we most recently had at the Capitol. Free Your Children sponsored a rally in opposition to Governor Lee's Education Freedom Scholarship Act. We still, as of the recording of this show, do not have the exact wording of that bill, but caption bills have been filed. They are HB 2468 and SB 2787. So a group of us assembled at the Capitol, and I have some of those individuals ladies with me today for today's show to do a deep dive into our experience there at the Capitol. So I want to welcome our guests that we have with us. We have Sandy Henson, Courtney Taylor, Courtney Turner. Sorry about that, Courtney. (laughs) And we also have a guest with us on Zoom, and we're going to call her Jane today. So thank you all ladies for joining us. I'm happy to be here. 
Well, it's great to have you all. First, I'm going to start by letting each of you introduce yourselves and tell our listeners why you thought it was important to come with us to the to the rally on February the 6th that Free Your Children sponsored. Sandy, we'll start with you. Sure, sure. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an it's honor. It's going to be a great day. Uh-huh. Um, I became involved in Free Your Children quite by accident. And the first time I heard your seminar, I connected all the dots of my 76 years of being on this earth. And it really drove home the point that now I understand all these changes that have been made in education and where they're headed. Mm -hmm. And it's been really a good thing. So when you were talking about going down to the Capitol, my first thought was, if I didn't know it, and I... I try to be tuned in. If I didn't know it, some of our legislators may not know all the other side right. because they're going to only hear what they hear on the Capitol or in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. So this gave me an opportunity, as well as the rest of the group, to tell them another side of the repercussions of these bills. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people do not know <laughs> how deep this is and what all is involved. And it's a lot. I've been accused of fire hosing people. <laughs> Yes, you do. (laughs) With with information. um, You know, my hope is that they will hear something in the seminar that will encourage them to do their own research. I always say, you know, don't leave here saying Tiffany Boyd said, go and do your own research. Yes, you always say that, and that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Courtney, um, what about you? How'd you get involved in all this? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm Courtney Turner. I'm the host of the Courtney Turner Podcast, and uh, I can relate to being accused of fire hosing. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm a researcher, and this is a topic that I'm very, very passionate about, uh, largely from my own personal experience, my upbringing. Um, I wish I had been homeschooled. I think most of what I've learned has been completely autodidactic didactic school has not served me very well. Uh, I was born with a very unique set of circumstances. I'm visually and hearing impaired. Uh, My parents were actually told uh, when they quote unquote diagnosed me, they told my parents the best they could hope my mom was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. Wow. Um, So I I had a lot of physical challenges to overcome. Uh, However, I was very fortunate in that academically, I actually caught on pretty quickly, but this created quite a conundrum for Mm -hmm. teachers. And they often didn't really know what to do with me, how to help me and guide me. And when I was in sixth grade, my parents had me in a public school and I started thinking about where I was going to go to high school. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a town, it was very cliche, where, you know, the the town I lived in was a very small town, did not have a high school, but the town neighboring it where, you know, public school would have been accessible was one of those cliche railroad track type towns Uh and it was not a good school. And I, just being naive, 12 years old, didn't understand why I couldn't go to school with people I went to nursery school with mm-hmm. who lived in some neighboring towns that were actually closer right. in phys- you know, physical mm-hmm. distance uh, than the school that I was able to go to. So I actually created a board for school choice when I was 12 years old wow. in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, it seemed like a no-brainer. Right. Uh, and of course, this was freedom for parents. And right. Now, to be fair, where school, I know the agenda now right <laughs> uh, but at the time you know this is how they they're masters of fabian socialist incrementalism so yes. they lay groundwork slowly steadily this is why their mascot is the tortoise mm-hmm. um, however at the time it was uh, the 
the birth the groundwork they were laying really did make a lot more sense it was like okay well there will be a voucher for public schools mm-hmm. you didn't have to you didn't get limited to only one school you right. could go if there were other schools within neighboring proximity that were equal distance you would parents would have the choice of where to send them and that of course makes sense mm-hmm. where we are today is very different right and now you know i i'm very uh, cognizant of how they use words and language to cleverly market things. Right. It's to, a marketing term. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and it is part of a Hegelian dialectic where they are intentionally trying to capture. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> Say that again. Hegelian dialect. So this was a conversation that came up while we're, we were at the Capitol meeting with our legislators. We'll get to that. But ironically, The same week, just a few days after we had that meeting, Sandy was in church and the topic of the Hegelian dialect came up. And then I did a radio show with the Camden County Republican Central Committee. And lo and behold, (laughs) the topic of a Hegelian dialect did not come up again. So, I mean, talk about God was all over that one. So briefly explain Mm -hmm. and and let's let's make this clear that there may be people listening who have no idea what that is so break it down in layman's terms because courtney is a scholar she didn't say that but courtney is very well educated and she's a very intelligent lady and so break it down for our listeners who may have never heard that term in layman's terms yes (laughs) yes yes i'll do my best uh you know hegel uh frederick hegel was a philosopher so and he's written copious work so the concept is pretty intricate and it does go uh Mm -hmm. quite deep but to give you the very brief kind of uh layman's terms rundown essentially it's the idea a lot of people have heard of thesis antithesis synthesis that was actually never uh, codified by hegel himself uh, that was an interpretation of john got johan gottlieb Ficke, who was a strong influence on hegel and it was his interpretation of kant mm-hmm. so hegel was really drawing off of both uh, kant and plato's notion of a dialectic which is the idea of having two uh, polar opposites that drive towards the same agenda the same goal Mm -hmm. and uh, he didn't like Plato or uh, Kant's notion actually because he felt that it was too abstract too intellectual and his terminology the words that he used now I'm translating because he spoke in German and wrote in German however the terms he used were the abstract negative and concrete so this is the idea that you have something that's put forth and uh, then it there it gets negated uh, the word in German is actually Afheben, which means it's a very oxymoronic term, which means to lift up and preserve while simultaneously tearing down and canceling. And this is, of course, where the Frankfurt School got their mm-hmm. notion of Afheben de culture, also known as cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but then from there, what really happens is you have a sublation. So it negates. And this is a very important thing to understand because through this negation is where we get this spiral effect. And he really did see it that way it was a spiral towards an omega point the omega point for hegel was the state equals god Mm -hmm. and so this is really if we just think of it in very bare bones kind of term right you just said it right there the state thinks of itself as god yes yeah yeah so they are the 
primary authority. Is that and so they use two uh, what uh, look like opposing sides so we can fight team red, <laughs> team blue. You know, <laughs> we're playing football here. I cheer for the Chiefs. You right. cheer for the 49ers. But what's really happening is they're canceling out to spiral towards the all, you know. The ultimate um, goal. The ultimate uh, power, right. which for them is this omnipotent God, which is the state. Mm-hmm. And man is just and we're used seeing that. to be... <laughs> Yes. Right now, it's happening. And man is discarded just to advance history. They call it historicity. So mm-hmm. it's just to be used and discarded to advance the state, which is God for them. Right. And we're going to delve a little bit deeper into that as we go through this. And I, and I want to take some time to really clarify exactly some terminology that we're going to be using as we move through the show. One is school choice. So conservative politicians are championing a program that is the very epitome of government overreach. This is the opposite of freedom and small government. This is the school choice that you have been sold. It sounds really good. They've wrapped it up in a really neat, nice little package. We think it's going to empower parents, but what it really does is it destroys all chances of true educational freedom. We already have school choice. We have the choice to homeschool. We have the choice to send our children to private schools. We have the choice to send our children to public schools. We already have school choice. What they're pushing is government school choice. And government school choice is government funding allocated to families to spend on education. That funding funding may come in the form of a tax credit, a voucher, an ESA. They call them a scholarship. <laughs> they call them all different kinds of things, but that is government school choice. And what happens when these funds cross over into the private sector in true private schools or in homeschooling, those educational choices then become government controlled. Is that a fair statement, ladies? Yes. Yep. Yes. yes. Well, yes. Jane, before we jump off this segment and have to take a break, I want you to explain to our listeners how you got involved in all of this. Well, I, um, my family and I, we moved from a very, very blue state a few years ago, and school choice actually doesn't even have a chance there because mm-hmm. it's run by the, the teachers' unions. Um, But I have always cared about education. Our children went to public school um, in the state where we moved. And um, but I I was always very engaged. I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I had friends that homeschooled, very independently homeschooled. And I like to talk to them. And one in particular, she said, you can never ever take money from the state Mm -hmm. because if you do there are strings attached and and i'm like but that doesn't make sense what about you know the money blah blah blah. that would be great it would would help us to go to um, our kids to go to private school would be better than the public school but she was right the more i dug the more i dug i thought oh my gosh the strings attached are so they're so entangled Mm -hmm. that there is no freedom to this at all And so um, when I heard about Tiffany um, here in Tennessee, um, I just was so happy to see that you were leading the charge on this, um, this just opposing the school, the government school choice, because there is no freedom in that. Like you said, we already have school choice. Mm -hmm. You can go to public school, private school, and homeschool. 
And we have chosen to send our children to private school here. And we've been very happy with that. Um, and there's no, they don't accept the funds from the government. That's great. So, yeah. So, have you, have um, you had conversations with the, I don't know how your uh, public school, your private school structure works, if they call themselves a headmaster or a principal or what terminology that they use, but have you had conversations with them to ask them what their thoughts are on the voucher, potential voucher legislation that we're facing here in Tennessee? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was their feedback? So that conversation started about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um, because this isn't the first time ESAs have been introduced into Tennessee. Correct. So when I saw that, because I've been following this for, you know, for as long as I've been here. Mm-hmm. And um, I spoke to the headmaster and she completely understood Great. What I was saying, she, she, like, I did not need to convince her. We had a, a wonderful conversation. She said, if, as long as we can, we will not accept the ESAs, but at some point we may be forced to. Yes. And we, that's yeah. not freedom. No, that's it's not freedom. And that's one of the many concerns that I have with them, um, instituting a universal school choice program is what types of pressure will those of us who refuse to accept the funding, what type of pressure will that put on private schools who choose not to? You know, you hear terms thrown around all the time. Well, this will be great competition, but how is it competition if the government's controlling it all? Right, because they could pull accreditation. Exactly. Start dealing with the sports programs. You can't yep. do this. There's so many things that they could do to manipulate and force the school to accept them when they don't want to. Absolutely. And in Tennessee, the Tennessee Board of Education, State Board of Education, however you want to define it, um, they have the ability to promulgate the rules in, in certain areas. And so you're right. Um, those are things that could happen. Those types of things have happened in other states. And that is a concern, you know, that we have. Tennessee, that's one thing I want to point out, is that Free Your Children is not just in Tennessee. We are connected with people all over the United States that are doing exactly the same things that we're doing here. It just so happens that right now we're in the middle of the fight because we have legislation that has been introduced. But this is going on nationwide because that's the goal of school choice is to get every state under the thumb of government control and come into the private sector because we are still the very last area of freedom. Those of us that have our children in private schools that aren't accepting government funding, we still have the true choice and true freedom to educate our children the way that we feel like God has led us to do that. And the same thing for homeschools that do not have the government sitting at their kitchen table with them, dictating to them exactly what they have to do. So these are all great areas of conversation and topics that we're going to delve into as we move you know, into the show. So all of you ladies here have attended a For Your Children seminar. Yes. yes. All but yes. one, actually. All but one. Wow, you're a trooper, Sandy. <laughs> Courtney's been to quite a few, too. And I have spoken on Courtney's podcast and um, some of her, uh, another show mm-hmm. um, that she has about these topics, all things education. So why do you think it's so important for the general public to be educated about this, ladies? 
why do I think it's so important? Mm -hmm. It's our future our for future. the country because Absolutely. our children are children are being taught different mindsets than what most people, most Christians especially, want their children taught. And Agreed. we have lost complete control of what they hear at school, and that school has them around seven to eight hours a day. Correct. Well, it's time for a break, ladies, but we'll be right back. Make sure to tune back in. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. For 60 years, people have shopped Parks Motor Sales to get the best vehicles and the best service. ParksMotorSales.com has details on new Buicks, certified pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and much more. Stop by 919 Nashville Highway, take a Buick for a test drive, and learn why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Attention, Middle Tennessee. Ready to unlock the secret to faster, easier weight loss? Introducing the revolutionary weight loss injection that's changing lives. Now at the Dr. Gill Center. Shedding those extra pounds has never been simpler. It's quick, it's effective, and it's here to help you. Imagine stepping into a slimmer, healthier you. Our experienced team is here to guide you every step of the way, ensuring you achieve your weight loss goal. The Dr. Gill Center is looking for 10 people who have more than 15 pounds to lose in the next 30 days. Call 615-882-4838 today and start your journey to a new you. We always get the question, what is Caledonia? That's easy. We're a full financial services firm. Who is Caledonia? Well, that's a little more interesting. Monty has an economics background. Daisy and Perry come from the banking world. Gay is an accountant. And Thomas has science and business degrees. Blair was a small business owner. Finally, I'm Becky Price, and I have a background in education. Together, we make up Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. For the love of the climb. For the love of the fall. For the love of knowing your kids' laughter is the sweetest music there is. For the love of Tennessee. Travel safe. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Tourist Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Free Your Children. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and I am joined here today with Sandy Henson, Courtney Turner, 
and Jane, who's joining us via Zoom. And let's just do a little um, redirect here. We were talking before we took the break about school choice and why we decided to take a trip up to the Capitol February the 6th for this rally that Free Your Children hosted in opposition to Governor Lee's Education Freedom Scholarship Act. Again, we still don't have the exact verbiage of that bill. We're going to talk about that in detail in just a few minutes. But it really wasn't a rally, I wouldn't say, so to speak. We had appointments all day long with our legislators. And um, that's what we're going to discuss in this segment. So we arrived. I arrived at 915. I was dropped off at the front door because, you know, in Nashville, there's never anywhere to park. (laughs) (laughs) So I arrived in all my splendor about 9.15 that morning. This was also the same day that Americans for Prosperity was there hosting their own rally. And Corey DeAngelis was there as a keynote speaker. I've spoken about Corey DeAngelis before on other shows. And um, Robbie Starbuck, I believe, was there also speaking. And, of course, they were there promoting school choice. So we had taken the weeks prior to contact several of our legislators. Now, I want to say right off the bat, all of our legislators that we had appointments with were Republicans. Yes. Um, because we are conservatives and we felt like these individuals would want to hear or we hoped that they would want to hear what we um, wanted to present to them on February the 6th. Now, I made a statement to Sandy and many of the other people that, that attended that day. I said, I do not expect that we will go in and change their mind. That's not the purpose of us coming today. My purpose for us going to the Capitol and making these appointments and taking a whole day, because I don't think I arrived home until like 7 o'clock that night, was for the sole purpose of our legislators having an opportunity to look in the faces of the people that these types of pieces of legislation will affect. Because that doesn't often happen. I think a lot of people are intimidated about traveling to Nashville. They're intimidated about going in and sitting down and having conversations with legislators. Nashville's not easy to navigate. The parking is atrocious. And then you have to go in and figure out kind of the lay of the land, so to speak. So I appreciate everyone who took the time out of their busy schedules to come and join us but it was I education also, for me yes and I, and I also want to encourage other people to do the same mm-hmm. take the time to go to the capitol make appointments and go in and have conversations with the people that you have elected to represent you um, it's important that we do that and that we make our voices heard but you know, we, we had prepped for this going in. We had a handout to pass out to the legislators that we saw in the hallway and the ones that we had appointments with. It gave talking points about why we were there. And, of course, we were there specifically to discuss the Education Freedom Scholarship Act. So, you know, we were strategic in the meetings that we planned, and, and we went in with a plan. And, I mean, we went from one meeting to another. Boom, boom, boom. All day long. So, we had appointments with Senator Farrell Hale, Senator Joey Hensley, Representative Kip Capley, Representative Scott Sapicki, Representative Brian Ritchie, Senator Janice Bowling, Senator Mike Mark Pody, and Representative John Reagan. So, we had a long day of appointments. 
I feel like it was productive. But what I wanted to do today was really break down how those meetings with these legislators went. And I'll say this also. This isn't the first time that I've been to the Capitol. It isn't the first time that I have gone in and made appointments with representatives. We've been in before to speak with um, Representative Sapicki. Uh, Senator Hensley in the past about legislation. We've made phone calls. We've written letters. So the homeschool community at large and even a lot of uh, private school parents that follow for your children have listened and contacted um, their representatives when there have been legislation introduced that they were concerned about, such as the well-being child check, which we essentially shuttered that one for the time being. Of course, my seminar goes into detail about that. HB 1214 that we spoke about, the well-being, the um, charter at-risk boarding charter school facility. And then, of course, we were there at the Capitol when the vote for TISA to replace the original funding for our state, education funding for our state, when, when they were voting to bring in TISIG, because we had concerns about that. We felt like that was the, the catalyst that was going to usher in this universal school choice legislation that we see today. So we're not new to this. We've done this before, and I encourage all of you that are listening to write your reps, make phone calls, and go up and visit. Don't take my word for it. Do it and experience it for yourselves. So ladies, let's break this down. So we started out with our very first meeting, which which was Farrell uh, Hale, Senator Farrell Hale. And we had a lot, we had a lot, we had a good crowd. Yeah. We had so many so that the majority of the meetings that we had with our legislators, they moved us into a conference room mm-hmm. because their offices weren't large enough to accommodate us. So we started out with, with Senator Hale, and he was very respectful. I want to yes. say that off the bat. Um, But he did say some things that concerned me. And before we get into this, this is my opinion. This is my perspective of the things that unfolded while we were at the Capitol. I would say when Courtney's speaking and Sandy's speaking and Jane's speaking, these are their perspectives of what occurred while we were there on February the 6th. So we went in. We handed our piece of uh, paper, our handout, to Senator Fell, to uh, Senator Hale, excuse me, to explain to him why we were there um, and and why we were opposed to school choice, because that's what the paper did, is it outlined that. And right off the bat, he said to us that he felt like homeschoolers needed accountability. There needed to be accountability for funding, and there needed to be accountability because there were some homeschoolers out there that didn't educate their kids. Is that a fair assessment, Mm -hmm. ladies? Yes. Okay. You want to weigh in on that particular? He was very respectful. He listened to what we had to say. Um, and, And let me just say this. Just because someone says something that you may disagree with, doesn't mean that they're being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. He was very polite right. <laughs> in, in how he handled the conversation, and he did allow us to say what we needed to say. But it was very concerning to me when I heard him say that he felt like homeschoolers needed accountability. And he certainly agreed that funding should be attached, um, accountability should be attached to funding if mm-hmm. this particular piece of legislation passes. Yeah, yeah, he he was definitely, and he didn't really, uh, while he was very respectful, I didn't get the sense that he really took in uh, any counterpoints. 
uh, he very much kind of uh, dug his heels in on it that they needed to be there needed to be accountability for homeschoolers that the the government needed to ensure, as you said, that uh, because some parents would not educate their children. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, if you truly had the freedom from the parent, they wouldn't even know that because they wouldn't be required to do the same kind of uh, blanket testing. Right. Um, I had given, I remember this, I had given the example of our founding fathers who mm-hmm. did not have formal education. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that most of them uh, wrote things that are considered at the time, for instance, the Federalist Paper, fourth grade reading level. Mm-hmm. And today, many people who are, we would normally consider erudite, uh, are incapable of comprehending if Correct. they are capable of reading it. I also pointed out that, you know, there are times where, unfortunately, parents do not do you know a good job of schooling or even parenting mm-hmm. uh, but unfortunately that is you know just a fact of life and it's not the job of the government to exactly. ensure it and sometimes those children far outperform uh, those who may have been given much better education much better uh, you know parenting or resources in general and the converse happens as well sometimes Absolutely. you have and he he was, as you said, I, I thought he was very polite. He was yeah. respectful. Uh, I didn't really feel like he listened, though. It just seemed like he had made up his mind and he was going to just stick to that. So. Right. 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 As we go on, we'll find more of that just listening. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, again, we do appreciate the fact that he would entertain a meeting with us. Yes. And that he was, you know, kind enough to allow us that opportunity, even though... I didn't personally uh, agree with his perspective <laughs> on what he was saying. And I have also interviewed uh, Dr. Brian Ray, who is with NERI, the National Home Education Research Institute. And I have some statistics, and I'm not going to read those statistics out, but I can share those in terms of the performance of homeschoolers compared to public school sure. children, which shows that across the board, we always outperform. <laughs> yes. So if anyone has questions about that, I can provide that. Our next meeting, I want to get to, this was a joint meeting. And so I reside in Murray County, and and this particular meeting would be with one of my, um, I am a constituent of Representative Kip Capley. I used to be a constituent of Representative Scott Sapicki, but yes, but they, they did the redistricting. Um, he and I have had many conversations, multiple conversations. He has actually attended a seminar, and so has um, Senator Hensley. Joey Hensley, which I appreciate the fact that they took the time out to do that. Yes. Um, Sandy set up those meetings. Sandy, you want to um, expound upon how you managed to <laughs> swing that one? <laughs> well, first of all, I called. Uh, was going to call them individually, which I did. Mm-hmm. I called. Uh, well, no, I think you were calling uh, Mr. Kaplan because he's your yes, representative. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I called, attempted to to get in touch with him and schedule the meeting. Yeah, originally yeah. with him. Yes. Well, I telephoned Hensley, uh, Senator Hensley, who is always a gentleman, mm-hmm. and he uh, said that he would check his schedule. He got back with me, gave me a time and a day. Great, we're good. And then I contacted um, Representative Sapicki, and he said that he would prefer to. Meet us with Senator Hensley. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I think that's his call, but I'll check with him. And I did. Mm-hmm. I told him, I said, uh, Representative Sapicki would like to meet with 
us mm-hmm. with you with him he said sure we can do that mm-hmm. so that's that's how that came about right then later on yes then kip legislator yeah Capley, representative kip capley there was some confusion with an original um conversation that i had with representative capley and uh I wound up speaking with his office, and he asked to be a part of the meeting with Representative Sapicki and Senator Joey Hensley. So we arrived, and the meeting um, with Senator Hensley, like you said, he was extremely polite, uh, very cordial. We handed out our paper, but I said going in this meeting that I'm not going to be the one that initiates yes, this meeting. I did. I, did yeah. um, I said that to the group there because I've had conversations in the past with these representatives and I knew that they already knew my perspective and I knew I felt as if they didn't agree with my perspective. So I thought it might be a good idea for them to hear it from another vantage point. Right. So other individuals, Courtney being one, the lady in the black fur coat, <laughs> um, spearheaded this particular meeting want to weigh in on how you felt that went courtney sandy well I, oh, i'm gonna let courtney do this the okay. black, the black coat. Um, well you know i i was so surprised to hear uh from them how they thought it went because mm-hmm. from my perspective i actually thought it went very well right you know they were during the meeting they I w- they were much less informed than mm-hmm. i had expected mm-hmm. um you know, as I had been telling uh, Tiffany before we walked in here, you know, I was talking to uh, some others about my feeling going into this. I kind of treated it like they were going to be very knowledgeable. They were, you know, even if they had some different opinions, I felt that they were, you know, we're all kind of in this together. I, I, I didn't see them as adversaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really approached it that way. And I think what struck me most was how un informed they were and mm-hmm. that was very surprising to me so i saw it as okay well let's talk about this let's unpack right. some of it mm-hmm. and that is what i attempted to do mm-hmm. and it, the conversation i thought was very respectful there was you know they did they too. did push back a little bit you know they kind of uh told me they didn't know the terms that i had used mm-hmm. that i was using big words and mm-hmm. that that was uh you know they weren't aware of them mm-hmm. and uh you know, which is fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I had later been informed, I guess several people said that they had said that the woman in the black fur coat, which was me, was <laughs> bad and cannot return. Yes, was disrespectful. Was <laughs> yeah, we were approached in the hallway and someone came up to us and made the statement that the woman in the black fur coat, which would have been Courtney over here, was not to be allowed back at the Capitol, nor was she to be allowed back in the legislators offices and we were just confused and shocked (laughs) that that statement would be made and i'm not certain that that you can even do that i mean we're taxpayers don't we own that building (laughs) i mean i thought that's what they want is you know people to come in and have conversations with them about um, legislation that has been filed and is going to be voted on. So I do want to say that Representative Sapicki, he wasn't there for the majority of the meeting. No, he came no. in came the last, last four, four minutes, five, four or five minutes, maybe, yeah. of the meeting. And um, when he entered the room, it my opinion was he did not seem very happy mm-hmm. <laughs> that we were there. Preoccupied. No. It was yeah. Like- um, and... Weigh in on that, Sandy. What do you? What well, were your feelings about yeah. that? Well, I knew that he had already been. He had been to one of the seminars. Correct. Um, and you'd had private but, conversations with him about the seminar information. In yes, the past. I have. I have. Mm-hmm. And he has always seemed attentive. He would mm-hmm. listen to it. Um, 
but the um, reason was given that he had to present something on the floor, mm-hmm. which, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I know they all have their jobs, but we could have rescheduled his meeting. Right. And the fact that he just came in the last five minutes, he missed the entire conversation. Right. He yeah. did. That really yes. bothered me yeah. as being a Murray County. Re- um, uh, resident mm-hmm. that bothered me in the respect that we had a lot of people here and it was going to reflect poorly on Murray County. Right. That was my opinion. Yes, again. I think that I was very disappointed to hear what was unfolding after we left the offices because we were told in the hallway that there were phone calls yes. being made after we left this particular meeting. Mm-hmm. And there were there were phone calls that were being made telling other legislators not to allow us in. Now, you you specifically asked Scott about this. Yes, I did. Uh, Representative Sapiki about this. Yes, I did. Um, he said that he um, told the other the ones that apparently that he contacted to listen to us, but to see him afterwards so that he mm-hmm. could set them straight. Mm-hmm. I assume set them straight means give him the other opposite what? opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, that was his word. Set them straight. So. Um, we will have more discussions about this, mm-hmm. but again, that was undermining us as a citizen, right? And yeah. it really, it really bothered me that that happened. Yeah, that's disappointing to hear because I know that you had personally given Scott in the past my telephone number, which he has it anyway. We've spoken multiple times on the phone yeah. to discuss a lot of this information after he attended. The seminar, one of the seminars that I hosted here in Murray County, and he came, he called you, and I think, and I don't want to speak for you, so you can expound on this and and give a few more details, but is it accurate to say that he told you that he did not, he thought SEL was good, social emotional learning was good, and that he did not know that CRT was still in our schools. Yes, he did tell me that. He he said he said it was against the law in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, apparently, if it is, it's not being enforced. Right. And so he said he he told me at the seminar that we were gonna he was going to research mm-hmm. and get back with me on some information. And right. I, I haven't heard anything as far as what. Right. His I haven't is. heard from him. And I'm sorry for my throat. I have got allergies. No, no need to apologize. And I haven't heard from him either. Uh, but I would be happy to have a discussion with him you know about the information that I presented at the seminar Um, he asked us you know when we were there they kept saying how we're going to write homeschoolers out Mm -hmm. and we're probably going to have to take a break before I get deeply into this but we haven't seen the exact wording again I keep reiterating that but originally they had made the statement that, well, independent homeschoolers aren't going to be included in the bill. But there are more than one option to homeschool in the state of Tennessee. Independent homeschoolers, such a misnomer with that name, because they're already under the thumb of the state. That's the reason why the majority of homeschoolers in the state of Tennessee do not register through the school system with the independent option. They choose the Category 4 option. And um, so we we asked him, we said, you know what, we would... What we really would like for you to do is we don't feel like homeschoolers should have to register with any under any of those options. We would like to see the same type of freedom as Oklahoma and Texas and, and multiple other states have. And we're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to discuss that. Thanks for joining in and come right back.
This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Are you looking to turn your car into cold, hard cash today? Don't look any further than Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. You probably know us for selling cars, but did you know we're in the business of buying cars? That's right. We buy all makes and models at top dollar every day. Show up with your car and leave with cash. It's that easy. Stop by today to get a written offer on your vehicle. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia is family owned and proud to serve our community. You can count on us. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people, the place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia, owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Kerry registered gemologist, assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Debbie Matthews with the Nashville Realty Group. And if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy downs. And I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224. This is Elk Kennedy. A few years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, and I decided to redo our study. I wanted the same comforting earth color green my grandmother had in her study when I was growing up. We didn't even have a sample. Mary Susan went to see Zeke Maddox at Columbia Paint and Wall Cover. He had my grandmother's color card on file from 1959. Today, her great-great-grandchildren play and laugh under that comforting green. Columbia Paint and Wall Cover, Zeke Maddox, 931-388-2806. Columbia's own 8th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Triple Header returns on April 2nd at the Ridley Sports Complex. Columbia Central versus Spring Hill at 10 a.m. Then it's Columbia State versus UT Southern at 1.30. And at 5.30, the Lady Volunteers face off against the Memphis Tigers. Tickets are available online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Tickets are $10 and good for all three games. The Mid-State Classic, April 2nd. See you at the game. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. 
Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Welcome back to Free Your Children. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and I'm joined today by Sandy Henson, Courtney Turner, and Jane. Thank you, ladies. We were having a discussion before we took that quick break regarding homeschooling in the state of Tennessee and how the majority of homeschoolers are registered under umbrella schools. And so when we were having a conversation with Representative, you know, Sapiki, and he was asking us, you know, what, what can we do that you would be comfortable with? And, you know, foundationally, I do not agree with school choice in general. There's no such thing as a good school choice bill because we know that the agenda is to globalize education and control all forms of private education. So, you know, they're saying we're going to write homeschooling out. Well, independent homeschooling may have been written out, but if they leave Category 4 schools in there open to this legislation, that would affect the majority of homeschoolers in the state of Tennessee. I'm hearing that he's saying, well, you don't have to register under a Category 4. Well, yes, we do, because that's the option that provides the most freedom, and that's what we want to maintain um, are our freedoms. We still haven't seen the legislation, so we'll have to see where that that falls, but we had said one thing that we would really like to see. I didn't say this. Actually, another person that was in the meeting said this to Representative Spicky. What we would really like to do is not have to register as homeschoolers under anyone to have the freedom to just say we're homeschooling that's it the government's out of our business and he did not seem to be receptive to that he said that homeschoolers when they they need to register under someone and when they register under an umbrella school that uh, umbrella school has the oversight over the homeschoolers. But then again, the Tennessee Board of Education has the ability to promulgate the rules for these Category 4 schools, which essentially makes us come under the state. So that's where I stand. You know, I would like to see homeschoolers taken out of everything by changing the Tennessee Code Annotated Education Code and allowing homeschoolers the freedom to not have to register under the state in any capacity. Uh, But It didn't seem like he was very open to that. But we don't have a whole lot of time, and I want to make sure that we go through the other meetings with the other representatives that we met with. Uh, Brian Ritchie, Representative Brian Ritchie, I feel like that went well. As he told us, he said, as it stands now, he is not um, for this particular piece of legislation. He was very kind. He was very warm and and appeared to be very receiving to our message. He gave us uh, advice in terms of strategy Mm -hmm. as well. Which was very helpful. We had another fantastic meeting with Senator Janice Bowling. She's actually um, endorsed for your children and the message in the past so we expected that to be very positive she seems to be very freedom-minded and that was a great visit we also met with senator mark pody we didn't get long with him no no, no. no. that was a pretty quick he, he timed it yeah um and but we, he was attentive he, yes he, he was there, very attentive very polite we you know handed him after we went through the hellos and the introductions, I, we didn't have very long at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was open and did entertain a meeting with us. So that was great. And then I want to get to Representative John Reagan, because I'm just going to tell you that one, I almost fell out of my seat <laughs> when um, we left that meeting, during the meeting and then yeah. when we left the meeting. It was very concerning. Yeah. Um, when we went in and we started having this conversation with him, the very first thing he said was, well, homeschoolers ha- should, they have to report. If they don't report, how do we know if they're truant or not? 
Truant. How do you? How are you truant in your own home? Yeah. <laughs> if you wake if up, home. <laughs> if you wake up in the morning, you're not truant. So that was concerning. Uh, he went on. He he brought up the the Tennessee state constitution, and I'm oh. gonna let Courtney briefly because we don't have a lot of time. Okay. Speak on that. Okay, so very briefly, uh, he kept saying that according to the Tennessee Constitution, he was required to have accountability and to mandate that all students are getting uh, an education. And uh, I asked him to, we kept going back and forth. There's there's a very big difference between, uh, you know, providing an opportunity and mandating and uh, he kept saying that was the Tennessee Constitution. He could not violate it. And so I had asked him, I said, you know, could you please pull up the verbiage that you're referencing that requires you to mandate? And so he did. And uh, I, it will take too long to, and I'm not going to go through it. But essentially, you know, I, I had said with all due respect, I am going to push back a little bit because that is not what the verbiage says. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure where you're getting this from. And he just kept saying, well, I'm required mm-hmm. and we have to mandate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's not yeah, what the Tennessee Constitution... Yeah, a public education. Uh, right. That's what the Constitution says, yes. a public education. Well, they have to offer a public yes. education. It doesn't, right. yeah. Right. So he said that they also must demand documentation that children are receiving an education so that everyone has an opportunity. So when this discussion regarding the state constitution was going, I stepped in and I said, I, I want to redirect this. And if I may, I would like to ask you a question. And I posed this question to him. I said, who do you believe has the most rights over children in terms of education in the state of Tennessee? Do you believe oh, the yeah. state has more rights or do you believe the parents have more rights? And he responded with, it's equal. Yeah. It's equal. <laughs> and that was all I needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he was making this whole argument about the children's rights. Mm-hmm. And so it really, the parents' rights get vitiated by way of children's rights, right. is, was his argument. Yeah. Right. Um, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is, and this seemed to be uh, in the meetings that we were having with the legislators, it seemed, I was getting the feeling, this is my opinion, that they felt like homeschool parents needed oversight because... There were homeschool parents who weren't good parents or weren't providing their child with a good education. Do we really think the state of Tennessee is providing a good education for the students in the public school system? Clearly. I mean, no. let's, let's, yeah. So now we're proposing. Like good education, you mean creating global citizenship, yeah. which is their goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're sitting there. We know what the nation's report card says. Okay. Right. We know what the statistics are in Tennessee for public education. And they're sitting there telling us how they need to put the thumb down on the homeschool community who are clearly outperforming and the private and the private school community, too. They want oversight for everyone. And, of course, one way that they would be able to achieve this is by funding private education. So I think that a lot of people. That's a big carrot hanging in front of everyone's nose. It's a big carrot. And. um Politicians are politicians are politicians. So they know the right things to say and how to phrase it. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are under the misconception that because Tennessee is a red state, that all of their freedoms are protected and that there's no never going to be any state overreach. We saw it in the summer with the rule changes through the State Board of Education's Non-Public Schools Advisory Committee. That's an appointed committee, by the way. They were able to go in, promulgate the rules, change them. And guess what? It was a done deal. 
And there was a homeschool family that had actually written in to Scott, Representative Scott Sapicki, and asked him about this. And I've shared this over on my Free Your Children page. And he responded, you know, just do what the state says and there won't be any problems. But the problem with that is this. Why is the State Board of Education, why do they have so much control over private education in the state of Tennessee, especially when we're outperforming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Very the concern concerning. to me um, with all of this. But I hope that when we went to the Capitol, you know, we were told that we heard rumblings that we were disrespectful and that we yelled over people and, and none of that I was accurate. I don't know where that came from. I don't no. either. I, think, I was shocked to hear that. Yeah. Because I thought they were very favorable, even though they disagreed. I didn't think it was like yeah. I thought knowing or, us the way yeah. we are, we were timid. Uh, yes, very yeah, much really. so. Yeah, I agree. Especially me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said less in those legislature <laughs> meetings yeah, than, than I usually do just because I did not want to go in, you know, like a wrecking ball, I guess. Um, yeah. I, you know, I wanted to have open lines of dialogue. Yeah. But for some of our um, legislators, it didn't seem that they were very receptive, you know, to us coming in. But these these pieces of legislation are captioned be for your children's going to be following them. Uh, make sure you reach out to your representatives and let them know how you feel about all of this. And stay in touch and in tune with For Your Children to find out what's coming next because I know we'll be going back to the Capitol. I want to leave you with this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Proverbs 27, 6. We love you here at For Your Children, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Thank you. Thank you.